But anyway, yeah, get back to uh, Last Gasp. Yeah, so, I mean, that was quite good. That's another one that's always forgotten about. Mm. Which is a shame, though, because it's quite a good one, because it was quite, um... It's quite dark, you know? Well, in terms of lighting, or...? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all you could see a lot of the time is these little orange glowing ends of the cigarettes, you know? <laughs> that would have saved some costs, wouldn't it? Because they wouldn't actually do any it set was, dressing. And... There was a strike on at the time. Yeah, that's, oh, that's right, yeah. It was the ITV strike. Welcome, welcome, welcome yeah. home. Yeah. I think it, it was around that time, wasn't it, when they wanted to do a lot of, like, if you came to them with a with an idea for a sitcom, for example, mm-hmm. they'd judge it mainly on how much set dressing was needed for it or how much lighting, you know. So if you set something in the blackout of the Blitz, for example, Absolutely. you know, you had a better chance of getting it made than if you set something on the surface of the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although they did try that, didn't they? <laughs> Remember that one? What was it called now? Remember Sunny Side Up? It was um, Michael Elphick, right? <laughs> Michael Elphick. Yes. Yeah. Wanted to set up um, a, a sort of truck stop cafe yeah. on the surface of the sun. Yeah. Right, for passing astronauts, right? Mm. But he didn't have enough money to set, get the business afloat, right? And so he threw his lot in with Penelope Keith, who was a down on her luck aristocrat. That's right. Who wanted to invest her last few thousand in something. That's right, but she wanted to set her cafe on uh, the far reaches of Pluto. <laughs> and I think it was the sort of. Uh, the arguments between them that kind of made the series. Yeah, because they, they, got, had, they, they wanted two different, completely different things. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Set coming from totally different areas. Areas of the solar system. Yeah, but they got married in the last one, didn't they? Yeah, well, on yeah, they, they did. But unfortunately, the light from Pluto takes so long to reach us that by the time it did, the marriage had been annulled. <laughs> So there was, um, yeah, setting side up. Yeah. Last gasp. Last gasp was good as well. But these mm. aren't, you know, I don't know, they haven't gone down in, like, the sort of folk memory as being great sitcoms. But you can't find anything about it on the internet. Yeah. I know that. I've looked. And yet, you know, they, I remember watching them as a teenager. Maybe maybe your tastes aren't so discerning when, you, when you're a teenager, because mm-hmm. I used to enjoy That's watching true. That's My Girl, you know. Oh, yeah. With, um, old oh, what's his name, Robin's Nest in it and stuff, and Tim Brooke Taylor. I think you find that was called That's My Boy. Oh, yeah. God, that explains it. Yeah. Because it was uh, Tim Brooke Taylor, he worked in an office. That's right. And I think, what was the, what was the product? It was um, U-Bends, wasn't it? That's right. Toilets and stuff. Yeah. So there's lots of, you know, crass toilet humour that came from That's that. That's right, Chumley's Pipes. That's it, it Chumley's Pipes. And um, it was uh, Richard O'Sullivan, is that his name? Richard O'Sullivan, yeah. From Robin's Nest and uh, Man About the House. And he had um, a son, but it was also his daughter. Yeah. Because she was born an hermaphrodite. That's right, yeah. And... But he didn't he didn't know how to tell his mother. Yeah, played by... Oh, God. She did that series called After After Henry. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, after after Henry. Yeah. It was after because it was you know the events yeah. of after Henry is yeah. to be about you know, after Henry is yeah. left. Yeah. Well, this is actually after everybody's left. That's right. Yeah. So it was just like empty studios for the entire That's run. Right. Yeah. Nobody was left in the house. Yeah. But every so often, um, the gay bookshop guy would come round. Yeah. Just to find out if they'd come back yet. That's right. Yeah. So it was after that that she appeared in um, That's My Boy. 
which I think, as you remember, the uh, caption when it came on the screen, that's my boy, and there was a little pause and then a little question mark came on. That's right, did, yeah. Because he wasn't sure whether it was a boy or a girl. That's it. And did you notice, I don't know if that was canned laughter or not, but every week, as soon as that question mark would appear, the audience would laugh. Yeah, it was always the same laugh each was time. That, yeah, but that was tacked on, right? Well, I presume they recorded it during the first episode, mm. when that joke was still fresh in people's minds, yeah. and they just kept putting the same... Uh, because when they do that, they create like a package, mm. which is then edited onto the main show, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, it would have been better if I imagine over the course of the six episodes, if they'd laughed on the first episode, then the second episode, a different audience laughed slightly less, mm. and then by the end of it, there was just like seething hatred and resentment <laughs> yeah. from the audience yeah. of being insulted by this one terrible, terrible joke. Yeah. But it's quite good. Do you remember the episode where they all went skating? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one that tends I to get that shown in... video, actually. All right. I've videoed that. I have no idea why, but, yeah. Have you still got it? Because you can't find it. I mean, it's only somewhere. my mum's attic. It tends to be the one that tends to be singled out mm. in retrospective shows, you know, when they sh- the yeah. clip shows. Because there was that huge explosion. Yeah. Thing, which yeah. killed off every single member of the cast, apart yeah. from Richard Sullivan, who was just, like, standing in the rubble, saying, why did you do this to me, God? I tried my best. Right. Didn't I try my best? Didn't I try my best? And then it's all, all goes black and white. That's right, yeah. And even the audience are mixed off at that point. That's right. And uh, the credits sort of go up over a black screen. It's, um, that was quite dark as well, looking back. And that was edited, a script edited by Barry Cryer, yeah? Well, it was a bit of a sob they're throwing to him because at the time he was like drinking quite a lot. Yeah. Not, 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 not just, alcohol, you know, yeah. just you know, pop. Yeah. <laughs> Ribena or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So he was all quite bloated. Yeah, exactly. A bit uncomfortable he, feeling. He the toilet a lot. Yeah. So I don't think he actually script edited it. I think he was actually script edited by um, John Junkin. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That he had that. Um, what did he have, um, John Junkin? Remember, he, he was on. Um, syphilis. No, it wasn't syphilis, no. Everyone thought it was syphilis, but he went on. Remember, he was on Parky. Parky interviewed him. And oh, he said, Oh, now look, I've got to ask you about um, the syphilis thing. Yeah. And John Junkin said, No, it wasn't syphilis at all. And, you know, he, remember he said to Parky, he said, Look, if it was, I'd tell you, I'd be proud of it, you know. And yeah, he yeah. laughed and said that was very Yeah, brave. that's right, because Parky said, look, I've had syphilis. Yeah. I've had right. gonorrhea. I've that's had things that they haven't even found a name for yet. Yeah, and Steve Martin, who was on the show, said, yes, me too. Yeah, and he had that, that thing through his head, didn't he? That's like, right, yeah. I thought he was really funny. Yeah, but it turned out he'd actually been badly injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> on an uh, archery expedition. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the true measure of the man, isn't it? Yeah. Really? But, yeah. But, um, yeah, he said, no, it's definitely not syphilis, because uh, I asked my doctor... And he said it's another disease called um, triphilis. <laughs> and remember Parky said he didn't... That's right, because that then became the day of the triphilis. That's right, yeah. They kind of spread a disease between themselves didn't yeah. they, by having sex with um, the script editors. Which is why Barry Crowe wasn't involved, obviously. Yeah. But um, that's my boy. What whatever happened to the kid out of that? Well, like all child actors, stroke mm. actresses, yeah. um, they grow up. Yeah. But wasn't it the... Um, cause there was, that was the age of the sort of wild child, wasn't it? Yeah, like... The tabloids talking about all that. Yeah, like Emma Kennedy. Yeah, and... Um, oh, was the other one as well? Philly Delore. Philly Delore, yeah. All those young girls who used to hang out at the... Um, the Bill, Bill Wyman. Wyman. All that lot, you know. Because yeah, it was that club, wasn't it? The Bill Wyman. <laughs> 
that's right. It was for like pop stars and actors who just knew what they wanted from an evening out. So yeah, just, uh, which is you know basically a three course meal, um, maybe a drink at the bar afterwards. Yeah, and, and a sixteen-year-old girl for dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Many ways, yes. Yeah, but of course, in the post-Savile environment we live in, that's just yeah. You wouldn't around. be able to open a nightclub like the Bill Wyman, now, would you? I would have thought so. Well, you could open it. You have to close it again after pretty quickly. Yeah. Je dois relever, je dois sortir. Je prends le monde de gorge clear. I should be one day. Le jeu est difficile. Parce que vous avez une mauvaise carte. But yeah, what happened to him? Oh, her, the kids. Well, I do remember that he stroke she wasn't quite as wild as his or her sibling. Mm. I'm not entirely sure what sex that one was either. It mm. may, may not even have been human, to be honest. But, uh, no, what... Yeah, the kid out of that. I think, I, as far as I can recall... Because remember that uh, stage in children's ITV where they used to have different people on every week? Mm. One week they'd have Tommy Boyd and then they'd have David Rappaport as Shades. Yeah. And um, Sue Robbie, of course. Yeah, yeah Sue Robbie. Well, I think she became all three of those. Right, right. In you know, various manifestations of her sexuality. Yeah. Which, you know, good enough for her, I say. Yeah. These days she's probably working for Thames. Thames, yeah. Because somebody's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Um... Yeah, some were better than others, you know. They weren't all classics. No, they weren't, but, you know, it was all part of the soup, really. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was always those sort of classic, you know, at-home sitcoms, which were pretty yeah. much the bread and butter of uh, yeah. TV sitcom comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had things like Three Up, Two Down. Three Up, Two Down, yeah. Uh, Mel Kick Man About the House, you know. Yeah. And do you remember there was one... Oh, God. Remember when Felicity Kendall did that... A sitcom called so- actually no it wasn't a sitcom it was a, a straight drama called Solo yeah, yeah and it was after that it was the next thing that she did after that and it was her living in a house and the joke was I think the house hadn't quite been built oh yeah God what was that called now it was it was called scaffolding the scaffolding I actually yeah I liked scaffolding. Um, I mean, I was only about what's it? What I've been fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, at well, you know, I still liked it, but then I liked Felicity Kendall. We learned from our mistakes, don't we? <laughs> in the main ways. Um, yeah, it was basically a sitcom where all the normal sitcom things would happen. It was all the you know the bosses coming to dinner mm. and oh no, my mother's yeah. coming to stay and yeah. you know all, all that business and you know the neighbours next door a bit of uh, a fracas going on between them. But the house wasn't actually built, but the 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 sofa was in place. Mm. But everything else was pretty much open air and scaffolding and sort yeah. of boards and workmen sort of, you know, stepping over That's them and right, stuff. Yeah. And she always had that little monologue at the start where she sort of talked about the things that happened in the last episode. You know, and all the time there'd be like bits of builder's plaster falling down on her head from above or, yeah. or half her words would be drowned out by a power saw. Yeah, or she'd put her teacup down and it would just... Yeah, just, just fall just straight just down. Fall. Yeah. And then she'd say, look out below. Yeah. That was the, the catchphrase. Look, look out, out below. below. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I did actually, I, I, I sort of fell out of favour with it, really, a bit. Because I just didn't know what the hell was going on half the time. But I did, because, you know, I mean, obviously, the it was all leading towards the idea of a house actually mm. being finished. So I did tune in for the last episode. Yeah. Just to see what the house looked like. Yeah. And it looked fucking terrible. Wasn't it? It was the post office tower, wasn't it? It was. Actually. That was the sort of that was confusing. And she was in the sort of old restaurant bit, mm. the post office tower. That's right. Did she? What did she do? She did something a bit naughty out the window, didn't she? I can't remember what it. Did she spit out the top window? Or something? I think what she did is she put a, a finger over one nostril yeah. 
and then sort of sniffed out and sort of gobbed on somebody. Look out below, Look she out said. Below, she, yeah. Of course, yeah. And then you hear all these sort of like cars crashing. I think well, the implication, even though all you get is like a close-up of her face sort of reacting to all this. Mm. But I think what that happened is her snot actually landed on the windscreen of somebody's car. Yeah. He swerved, hit a child, and then a car ploughed into his back. And then mm. it was like this huge, big, just terrible, terrible carnage. And uh, He was he was the neighbour, wasn't he? The guy driving the car was the the neighbour who'd been narked at her throughout the whole series. I that was the thing, wasn't is that, it? Was that yeah, yeah. I don't was, know, we never actually got a shot of who was being killed. I think, I think it was heavily implied that it was the neighbour. Because, remember, we there was a shot of the car from above, mm. and on the roof of it it said, Fuck off, Felicity Kendall. <laughs> no, it was that bloke... Do you remember that episode of Faulty Towers where um, there's that really spoiled kid in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the dad? The shape of the chips. Yeah, you remember the dad out of that? Oh, vaguely, Little yeah. guy with glasses. He was the neighbour. Oh, I see. Right. Except he had two metal arms... Just the two? Just the two at first. Right, okay. Do you remember he was... You, remember his thing, he was, um... He was always annoyed at all the noise and the drilling and the banging coming from the house next door and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used to go, for heaven's sake, I'm becoming robotic! <laughs> remember he was trying to concentrate on... Turning himself into a robot. That's right, he wanted to be a cyborg. That's right, yeah, but he kept getting interrupted. Yeah. By all the noise and banging from next door, and all he had was the two metal arms. <laughs> That's right. For heaven's sake, I'm becoming robotic. That's what he kept shouting, <laughs> And that was definitely him in the car at the end. So, hold on, you're saying that he, he wanted to become robotic? Yes, he wanted to. Oh, I see, because I thought when he shouted, for heaven's sake, I'm becoming robotic, I yeah. thought that was like a sort of <laughs> I think direct... I, yeah, a lot of people... A sort of knock-on effect from... My uh, dad made that mistake as well. He, he, kept saying, he kept saying, God, this is so unrealistic. Our neighbours have been making noise for years, you know, but I haven't become robotic. Yeah. And I kept saying, oh, Dad, you don't get it. That's why he's in his garden shed. Although, ironically, your father did end up in Iron Land, didn't he? He so did. he was vaguely a robotic. He did, yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, and I've explained about that. Well, what happened to you? Whatever happened to me? Often they try and bring us a combat. Sometimes it works like whatever mm. happens to the Viking Lads. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's a terrible failure like uh, Grace and Favour. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awful, awful sitcom. But do you remember George without Mildred? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, I do actually. I, I'm surprised you remember that actually because very, very few people do. No, I do, I definitely remember that. It was after Mildred had died, so yeah. it was just George on his own. Yeah. Becoming more and more. Well, sort of morose, really. Despondent. Yeah, glum. But the thing is, he was still living next door to those people. That's right, yeah. By which time, the... What was the son called? Tristan? Tristan, yeah. He was actually leaving for university, university by that time. Yeah. And so they were becoming more and more morose as well, because without that sort of child in the house, mm. the neighbours had nothing to live for. That's right, yeah. And it, that's the interesting thing about... You know, it was called George Without Mildred, but it was mainly centred on their comings and goings. Yeah. And they bought a horse. And I think the whole plot of the sitcom mm. was they wanted George to move out of the house, which was too big for him anyway, without Mildred. Mm. And they wanted to put the horse in there and then build a sort of... Um, like a sort of serving hatch between the two houses. Yeah. And watch the horse. 
trotting around the living room. Yeah. Apparently that was his big dream. Because <laughs> you, uh, you have to watch a lot of episodes of George Milder to realise it, but every so often you just drop in a little reference to that. You say, you know, when, when Tristan goes to college, my big dream is I want to get a horse <laughs> and knock a whole food to George Milder's house, get rid of them and watch the horse. <laughs> Some people are content to, you know, get a house in the country and mm-hmm. stuff, but, you know, you wanted to bring the country to suburbia. Mm-hmm. In many ways. And that was George without milk. That's right. <laughs> what was that one where Julia McKenzie married her dog? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was called Fresh Fields. <laughs> you remember she, she had to keep it from her mother. Yeah. That she, you remember she was unlucky in love, that was it. Julia McKenzie played a woman who'd been married three times, mm. all of her husbands turned out to be bastards. And they all turned out to be Anton Rogers. Yeah, and so she decided to, um, that because she loved her dog so much, that she'd marry the dog. Right, right. But um, she wanted to try and keep this fact from her mum, mm-hmm. who kept ringing up and coming round and stuff like that. Yeah. And she kept referring to the dog, whose name was uh, Carl. It was called Barking, wasn't it? Barking, that's right, because that's where she lived. That was the... Mm. Uh, yeah, and um, but she had to keep it from her mum that she was... Uh, so she would be referring to her husband and stuff, and she'd be saying, you know, we went to the park today, and so on and so forth. Um, but there was a kind of, um, there was a whole uneasy sexual subtext to the thing, wasn't it, as to whether she was actually fucking the dog or not. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Well, yeah, it usually came up, because obviously, like all mothers and sitcoms, the big um, worry is about when their daughter mm. is going to have a baby. Yeah. You know, isn't it about time you settle down and, and right. you got yourself you know, an extra member of the family? I mean, we're not getting any younger, are we, Tracy? That's right. Will we be hearing Tracy. the pitter-patter of tiny feet any yeah, time soon? Yeah. I mean, that would give you pause for thought. That's, that's right, one, yeah. one of the funnier jokes in that particular sitcom. That's right. But, but she always felt that one day she would tell her mother the truth. That she'd married a dog. That she'd married the dog. But the, the time was never quite right. And there was always... Uh, there was like an episode, wasn't there, where um, she decided, right, she'd... Well, this is it, Carl. Tonight's the night. We're going to tell Mum. Mm. And there was lots of close-ups of cute little Carl the dog going... Mm. Yeah. Didn't they, have, they had about three different dogs. Three different they? Carls, yeah. Yeah. And uh, she invited the mum round for dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and she spent ages on it and prepared the table full of food and there was candles and stuff and there were three places set mm-hmm. at the table, one for her, one for her mum and one for Carl. Yeah. You know. And you think that her mother would have noticed that Carl had a little bowl rather than a plate set? Yeah, that's it, yeah, but she set him up in the chair, didn't she, Carl, and put a little little napkin in his collar and that's stuff. That's it, yeah. And, um, and she said, well, when, when is your husband coming home from work anyway? And all this kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but wasn't there a thing where it had been established throughout that episode that Carl was, um, it was bitching season. Oh. So Carl was like permanently erect. Yeah. <laughs> and so Julia McKenzie went out the kitchen to fetch the trifle. Yeah. And when she came back in, the dog was humping her mum's leg. That's right, yeah. And she said, you know, oh, Carl, how could you? <laughs> and then um, the mother married the dog. That's right, yeah. But, you know, wasn't the big reveal at the end as well that the mother had already married one dog that's right, and yeah. buried one dog. Yeah. So there was no need to do the sitcom anyway. That's right, yeah. You know, she could have just told her in the first place. That's right, yeah. Do you remember Spying? Spying? Yeah, that was a BBC one, actually. The BBC sitcom. Do you remember what spying? year are we talking about? Yeah? Oh, it would have been like early 
early to mid eighties. Right, okay. two, about two, two, maybe three series. Well, I think it was, we were more into sort of BBC Two stuff at that time. Yeah. So well, spying was like, um, do you remember in Dear John? Remember the actor who played Kirk? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he was in this, and he basically lived in a house opposite a family. Wendy Craig was the mum, hmm. and uh, I can't remember who her husband was. But anyway, there's a family. You know, Wendy Craig and her husband and a couple of kids in a house. <laughs> William Gaunt I was, William was, Gaunt, the, right. was the husband, and then there was a couple of kids, you know, yeah. and in the house. And basically, Kirk, the character, you know, uh, the Kirk guy, he lived in the house opposite, yeah. and he was spying on them constantly. Right. He was like a single man, he lived on his own, you know, he was quite lonely and stuff. Yeah. And so his whole life was watching what went on in that house. So he watched ah. through his bedroom window. We'd always see his point of view shot through his window, across the road, into their window. Right. Then sometimes when the action moved to the back of the family's house, when they were doing things in the kitchen, he'd go out in the street and walk around the back. Wow. And then you'd get his POV across their fence and into the kitchen, right? Right. right. And essentially, nothing happened plot-wise in his life right. other than him watching, and we watched as he watched. Right, so we've got his POV. Yeah. Rather than you know, the, the traditional three-camera mm. setup. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously you couldn't hear what was going on because they were inside the house. Oh, right. But you got the idea from the way Wendy Craig and the others were, were playing their roles. So what was on the soundtrack? It was just him just Just breathing. him breathing, wow. birds tweeting. Wow. You know, sometimes you'd hear the... If he was in his house looking, sometimes you'd hear the fridge clicking on right. and stuff, or the central heating. Um, and... Uh, you got you got the impression through looking through the window into Wendy Craig's house that whatever their life consisted of in there was fairly traditional sitcom fare. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd see like the boss arrive or something. The kids mm -hmm. had scrawled on his tie and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, largely, it was um, from the point of view of you know Kirk, you know, right. the other guy who played Kirk. But in the last episode, weirdly, when it starts, the episode starts. You're actually in Wendy Craig's house. Wow. And you can hear Wendy Craig going, "Look, look across the road there. Look." Look, there's a man hanging from a noose. Do you remember A Sharp Intake of Breath? Yeah, with David Jason. Yep. David Jason. Do you remember the one he did straight after that, which was called Balloons? Balloons. Yeah. Um... It was David Jason, and I thought, who was it? Who was, it? Who was the guy who played the neighbour in um, No Place Like Home? You know, the sort of gingery guy with the moustache? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the pair yeah. of them. They were a pair of ne'er-do-wells, and they lived in a house of their own design. Mm. And the house was made entirely of balloons. Mm. And every so often they'd jump up and down on these balloons and they'd shout, well, where are we going with this? <laughs> Do you remember that? That, yeah. was, that was the big uh, catchphrase. That's they'd right. say, what, where are we going, going with this? Yeah. David Jason would say, where are we going with this? And the, the neighbour bloke would say, I don't know. I've no idea where we're going with this. And then every so often they'd slide down within the balloons and they'd sort of like, mm. you know, it's just a mass of colour. Some of it was animated, actually. Very rudimentary BBC mm. animation, but it was still animated. And then there was like this sort of loud sine wave, mm. which would, because, you know, the sitcoms in the 80s, there'd be that sort of 
sort of sting music, which would go, do, 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 blah, 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 and that would bring us to the next scene. Yeah. One of these was just like a really loud ear piercing sine wave, mm. which went, <laughs> and the whole picture would shake. <laughs> and then that, well, it wasn't even a fade out, it was just basically, you'd see like a hand coming into the shot, grabbing hold of the mm. camera and wrenching it from its um, moorings mm. and then sort of placing it. You see like people with like screwdrivers and stuff like you know, fitting it to another diff mm. different stand which was pointing to a different scene. Yeah. yeah. And then in the, in the next scene it was like David Jason in a pub or something. Yeah. And he'd, he'd turn to the labourer and say, where are we going with this? That's right. Where yeah. are we going with this? Yeah. And then there'd, there'd be things like, you know, it was always something like, like a juggernaut was smashing to this pub. Yeah causing you know untold deaths yeah. and you know causing all the the lagers and yeah. spirits to splash everywhere and you'd be like you're all down this front you know yeah. you'd be completely wet and you say where where are we going with this mm. and again hand would grab the camera run out into the street mm. and jump into a cab and you'd be you know it'd be like oh, 10 minutes or so of you know just just shots of the outside of the cab you mm. know just this countryside going by mm. and then finally we'd reach this forest and David Jason would be there with the neighbour, completely stark bollock naked, standing there rubbing themselves, saying, where, where are we going with this? Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, I just remember the camera, you've obviously been picked off the stand, and ran towards David Jason and hit him really fucking hard in the face. Mm. And he's like sprawled out, he's got this huge bruise, which is like, you know, going gangrenous. Mm. And, and the neighbour sort of, you know, sort of bends over him and says... I think I think I'm ready to go now. Mm. I think I'm ready to go. And David Jason says, "Yeah, me too. I think we're both ready." And then the cameraman sort of puts it down on a sort of like a little tuft of a hill or something, sort of vaguely pointing towards the area. And the cameraman walks towards them and he gets out a revolver, mm. and it's over in like two seconds. Bang, bang! They're both dead. And then the credits go up, very, very slowly and very, very slow, sort of uh, you know fade to black. And then the next episode, everything's back to normal. Everything's, you know, they're back in the balloons and everything. And I think it's meant to suggest that whatever decisions you make out of life, mm. nothing ever really changes. Yeah. It's always the same thing every week, day in, day out. Mm. And that's why we're sitting here in Caffini, talking into two microphones, talking absolute bollocks, because, Rich, our lives have gone fucking nowhere. <sighs> Was that a BBC one? I think it was syndicated, actually. Mm -hmm.